Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back ain't better than ever. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance on this Tuesday, where I was right about the Cowboys and Giants last night, and I was wrong about the Cowboys and Giants last night. Plus, KD needs to stop talking, and a guy you don't know suffers the worst indignity known to mankind. The guests are waiting. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. Cooper Rush is going to join Roger Staubach and Jason Garrett as the only Cowboy quarterbacks in history to win their first three starts. You want to get off in the division on the right foot. You know, this is kind of what we want to do. We want to come in here, you know, with the division game is what it's about. Super Cooper gets it done. Is there now no rush to bring Dak back? We start there. One place to start brought to you. By ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Dominique Foxworth, Jeff Saturday, good enough to hang out. We're going to do both teams in depth here. Uh, in, in, In a suddenly very interesting division where everyone is looking up at the Eagles. We start with the Cowboys. The the what we have seen from them in winning these two games against Cincinnati um, and that last night against the Giants, Jeff, is it the recipe? And for those who weren't with us on TV this morning, what is the recipe for their continued success when they get their star quarterback yeah, th- back? This is the absolute formula, right? They're going to run the football because this offensive line is the number one ranked offensive line in, in the run in the NFL. So you run the ball with your two best players, Pollard and Elliott. You continue to develop C.D. Lamb, Noah Brown, and when Gallup comes back and Schultz come back, they get added to the fray and then you play insanely good defense I mean I would like to say that's a formula for anybody who wants to win but the yeah. way their defense is playing they have 49 pressures they got 13 sacks which win, which is leading the league so again when you talk about offensive line defensive line they're both productive and here's the other part it's complimentary football and I'm not going to get into the details of what all that is but when you ask the offensive line for the Dallas Cowboys to pass protect they're not very good at it they are weak in significant positions and they will give up pressure so by you keeping it into the run game, your play action opens up, which gives you shots down the field. It is 100% the formula, whether it's Cooper Rush or Dak Prescott, because that's how they'll win. And you don't want Cooper Rush to have to um, pick it a team apart and go down the field like that's frankly been the recipe to slow down great quarterbacks like Josh Allen's like we're not going to give you the big play so for Cooper Rush if you're going to ask him to get six seven eight ten yard chunks that's not what you want from him you want him to take shots with well-designed plays with guys that are going to be wide open if you look back at those plays last night those were not a bunch of like read the defense type of plays (laughs) those were plays that if it's cover one this guy's going to be open if it's cover three same guy's going to be open if it's cover four same guy's going to be open if it's Number two, maybe you have to tuck it and run, but the same guy's probably going to be open. And it was a smart game plan for them. And to your point about the complimentary football, what I felt myself thinking last night when I was watching this game, it's like I got in a time machine and went back to like 1993. Because that's how they were playing. They were playing like the most important player on your team is the running back. We haven't thought like that in a long time. And and, uh, Don't, 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 Don't say we. I mean, I, by we, by we, I believe. I mean the NFL because it's hard to run the ball. Yeah. The the best way to win, like, you start by running the ball. It's the easiest thing to do. If you're pop Warner football, you run the ball really well. You're going to be a good team. Teams take away the run, right. and then you have to pass. Yes. And if you play good defense, if you can play good defense and run the ball effectively, you cannot be beat in this league. The problem is it's really hard yeah. to consistently run the ball successfully. You're 100% correct. I will say this about Kellen Moore as well. His run game creativity, and what I mean by that is blocking schemes. So you hear people say zone blocking and gap blocking. 
He mixed both and has for these first couple weeks with Cooper Rush. And again, to, to, to Dominique's point, when teams try to blitz you and do things to you, those blocks become a two-yard game, becomes a 20-yard game. You saw Elliott have a big run, Pollard have a big run, all off of rushes off the edge because he's willing to balance his offense from a run game perspective. When you get creative with the run game, again, the play action behind it opens up because it all looks the same. And a DB's got a really tough job. Look in the back backfield help on the run oh my god somebody just ran past me I got to turn and run all of those factors Kellen Moore has done a really good job protecting Cooper Rush from having to be quote the guy but this formula will work with Dak as well it's what he started with when he when he started in Dallas like that's how they ran it that was it um so we talk about offensive coordinators and offensive minds and their creativity and how they design passing attacks right we don't talk as much about how important it is to be versatile in the rushing attack because, as I mentioned before, it's the fundamentals of this game is running the ball. I think you need to give some credit. We celebrate these offensive coordinators who put up a ton of great points and score a lot and throw the ball over the field. When, honestly, what Kellen Moore achieved last night was just as impressive. With that team achieving his eyes, just as impressive as, as putting up 50 points. And I think in previous seasons, because they had a talent like Dak Prescott, I think Kellen Moore wanted to be one of those guys. Yeah. And Dak wanted to be one of those guys. And they wanted people to wake up on Monday morning and be like, man, that yeah. Kellen Moore sure did come up with some creative passing attacks, but it's a lot easier. It's a lot better to wake up with a win and, uh, what, like 170 or 80 passing yards? Yeah. Uh, and that's what he, I think it was 215 last night right. through the air. Um, and the completion percentage is high. Oh, yeah. They ran it for 170 something. They threw it 31 times. They ran it 30 times. That's the, to your point, that's the recipe for success for everyone if you can do it. And right last night they were able to do it. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you buy. Bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit progressive.com. Here's the thing, guys. I'm right so seldom <laughs> when it comes You're so right to on anticipating one. things that, that I, I feel a need to blow my own horn. But when the world was burying the Cowboys after Dak got hurt, yep. I kept saying the following. We overstate it with them all the time. So when they're good, yep. we make them the best team of all time. And I'm, I'm fully guilty of this, mm-hmm. of course. Now... They're going to struggle. All of a sudden, people are like, well, will they have the first pick in the draft? Hold it a minute. <laughs> like, <laughs> here they are. And I'm looking at a team, to your point, they're going to get Michael Gallup back. Yep. They're going to get their tight end back they played without last yeah, night. Sure. Uh, they're still banged up on that offensive line a little bit. That's right. And they're go- most importantly, they're going to get one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL back. The Cowboys aren't just okay. The Cowboys, I think, are going to be heard from as the season goes on in the NFC. There's no doubt in my mind. Listen, I picked them to be the NFC winner but before Dak obviously got hurt. And I was one of those guys who buried him. I was like, man, without Dak, I just – because I, I expected it to look like Kellen Moore had run the offense with Dak. And, and to, to, to Dominique's point, they changed it, decided they were going to go in a different direction. Again, I think they, they couple this, what they've learned. I mean, Fox said it this morning. Uh, he, he talked about sometimes the worst thing that happens, you can be the best thing. That's really the way that this offense looks, in my opinion, is because now they all trust the system. They've developed Noah, Noah Brown, right, which no one had heard of. They're, they're developing CeeDee Lamb in that one spot. So when Gallup comes back, all the benefits of this, and here's the other part about running the football. And if you looked at those numbers that they put up on the screen about first half and second half mm-hmm. and, and passes – 
They're throwing the ball more in the second half because they found their rhythm. And Greeny, listen, Andy Reid talked about this from the Chiefs' loss. I got to do better finding my offensive rhythm. It is a true thing. Yeah. Like, like when things begin to couple and work together, you see he goes 13 of 17 in the second half. Everything gets better because the game is now coming to you. You have found your rhythm offensively. I got to give him a ton of credit. We want to be able to quantify everything. Right. And we want to be able to explain everything with our numbers. But what you're talking about is like psychological, emotional, finding rhythm. It's something that it's not easy to to account for and it's hard for us to wrap our heads around but it certainly seems like they have done it but you often are very upset generally by people not appreciating how important a running game is my like issue that is similar to that is we overstate how important the cornerback the quarterback is and understate how important everything else is that's right and I'm guilty of it too when Dak I, I didn't think this team was that talented and when Dak went down I was like oh they're done. But they are really talented. And they have players in important places like the pass rush. That yes. is that Ooh. that is the centerpiece of all this. We're going to talk about Cooper Rush and Jerry's going to say quarterback controversy. We're going to talk about CD's one-handed catch in the running game. But the answer to why this team won last night, the number one answer in my view, is that defensive line. Ain't no doubt. Because they kept them in this game. They didn't blow them out. They didn't start scoring points really until after they lost the lead in the second half. That defensive line and that defense was just causing havoc all yeah. game and that allows the offense to then be patient it allows the offense to keep at the running attack it allows them to be able to use play action because if you get behind by a bunch of points no one's going to respect your handoff fake so true. all that it all comes back to we're going to talk about cooper rush but to me it comes back to that d-line so that gives me the chance then to get someplace and a little later on the show I'm going to go through my feelings on the Daniel Jones situation which I touched on on get up this morning but I do want to ask you Jeff as one who will know this better than anyone uh, Daniel Jones had no chance last night None. he was sacked last night five times he was pressured more times than Ooh. any quarterback has been in the NFL this year where does the blame go for that? Is it purely the offensive line? Are there, no. What are the reasons why that's happening? No, listen, when you, when you put together a, a protection plan, you're trying to take one or two players out of the equation, right? So you think about the Rams, you think about Aaron Donald, let's double him up. So you think about Micah Parsons, let's double him up. The problem is you got Fowler, you got Lawrence, you got Armstrong. You, I mean, when, when I said on Get this morning, it is a literal race to the quarterback. And as an offensive lineman, when you're blocking groups like this, you just pray that you're guy doesn't get off as fast as the other <laughs> maybe he slips a little bit so that you can hold on that so it looks so much better on film your guy didn't get because they were all meeting at Daniel Jones listen part of it is is running backs picking up the blitz tight ends where the hot route is all of those things and then here's the other part that goes into the mental part that no one ever talks about you as a quarterback you begin to anticipate rush and so as the game progressed every time Daniel Jones would drop back and his foot would hit that third which is when he's going to get his eyes up to throw uh-uh, he starts to run forward because he's already anticipating guys getting to him there's no way you can make a true evaluation of Daniel Jones based on what happened yesterday they have two young tackles. They got Evan Neal, the right tackle from Albert, got exposed, right? And you expect that. But inside, they got exposed as well. It's unfortunate you face a daunting task as blocking those guys in week three. It is what it is. But it was not, Daniel Jones gave them a chance to win. He, and, with his legs, he played really well. And nobody was getting open, which makes him have to hold on well, to the ball. He's, a yeah, he's throwing the like, knee, right? Yeah, he's throwing it's like, the it's, it's, like, it's a hard, we got receivers falling down yeah. when, without even being touched. It's a tough thing to put on Daniel Jones, but I also, 
also feel like his time is up either way. And RG3 said it this morning on Get Up, is life's not fair, the NFL's not fair. And the problem with Daniel Jones is they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, so he will be a free agent. And to negotiate with him to be a starter is you're not going to pay him starter money given what you have on him. So they're going to have to move on from him. Look, the Giants, and, and this is just a little taste of where I'm going to go, and I got Nuno who's all ready to fire on this today because <laughs> he's a Giant fan, and they're angry today. They are so poorly constructed. I mean, if you just sit and look Absolutely. at where their money has been spent, and look, they're, they're tearing it all down the, you know, to the studs and going to start over, which is what they need to do. But when you look at, like, I guess I hadn't really thought about it until I'm watching it last night because I don't, you know, live and die with them the way some of their fans in this town where we live do. Mm-hmm. But you watching me like, who put this together? Right. Like, it's, their money is spent in the worst places. Gettleman. That's my point. Like, <laughs> you can't do a job worse than that has been done. They have no, they, they need to just tear it down to the studs yeah. and start over. And Daniel Jones is one, he's just going to be collateral damage. I mean, the only foundational, like, um, skill position people they have is a running back which is the position that most people would say you do not want to build around it's a fragile position and it's a position that you can find value elsewhere so I don't know and defensively like it's again it's hard to find a guy that you're like all right we're gonna build it around this but still they managed to be two and one and competitive in this game so that's a credit to this day ball to to this coaching staff and it's a credit to the guys that they have on this team that's right because they are they're fighting they are not set up to be in a position to succeed necessarily but still somehow they're succeeding so I think they have some guys on this roster that they probably want to keep around but it's going to be an overhaul and I think they found the right leadership at least at coach right now to keep going forward all right I could do this with these guys forever it is such a pleasure to have you both thank you jeff nick i'll see you tomorrow yes, sir. Uh, terrific having both these guys here as we continue in a moment my observations from last night the green light today shows empty seats and an nba superstar says something that makes absolutely no sense you'll hear what it was next as we roll on this is greenie on espn radio greenie the podcast for the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467 
1-800-327-5050 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. All right, with the assembled members of the Hashtag Crew here with me this morning, the delighted Hembo because his Eagles are looking ridiculously good, the even more delighted uh, Bubba because his Cowboys have not only kept the ship afloat but have made themselves into a contender in the absence of their quarterback, and the thoroughly disgusted Nuno who has to live with the Eagles being great, the Cowboys winning last night against his team, the Giants, and the Giants showing everyone that they are who we thought they were despite a 2-0 start. I will let each of you... Uh, Give your thoughts on last night's game because I'm dying to hear them. After I say this, it is a valuable life lesson that very frequently things that happen in your life that feel like the worst thing that could possibly happen can wind up being the best thing. There is always opportunity in chaos. There is always opportunity in adversity. And I think that the best example of that, and this, this applies in, in your life and in mine in all ways, and this is a lesson I have learned multiple times in my professional life and others and other places in my life from having lived through it. So many things as I look back on my life that in the moment that they happened, I thought to myself, oh, this is a disaster, turned out to be the best thing that could possibly happen. And so training your mind to view Adversity as an opportunity is something all successful people do. And the best example of that we're getting in the NFL right now is the Cowboys. Because they came into this season thinking they were one thing. The injury to Dak Prescott forced them to be something else. And in the big picture, it's going to wind up being the thing that makes them really good this year. And that is when you have Dak Prescott and you have a, an upwardly mobile offensive coordinator, which is to say you got a, a, a guy calling plays who fancies himself a head coach next year, he wants to fling it all over the yard. And so does Dak, because that's what exceptional people do. They want to show you how exceptional they are. But this team isn't built that way. This team is built to do what they did last night, and that is run the ball for 170 yards and win off play action. And they're doing it right now with Cooper Rush a guy who looks like the phys ed teacher at your high school. How does he get in without an ID to the stadium? But they're doing it with him because you can win that way. That is a repeatable strategy. When they put Dak in the middle of that, they shouldn't change it. You can slowly but surely evolve it. And as Michael Gallup comes back and C.D. Lamb gets better and all these things, they could become really dangerous. This has a chance to be a really good team, but its foundation should be in those two really good running backs and building it from there. You can do that even when you have an outstanding quarterback, which he is, and when you're spending a lot of money on your quarterback, which they are. So if they don't forget that, if they don't lose sight of that lesson when Dak comes back, whenever that is, it shouldn't be this week. I'm not even sure it should be the next. But if they don't lose sight of that, and they allow the worst thing that could happen to them to be the best, I think the Cowboys are going to make the playoffs this year. I don't think they're as good as the Eagles, but I think you sit, I I sat down and made a list. You put seven teams in the playoffs in the NFC this year, I think they're one of them. 
That's how they look to me three weeks in. So now let us bring the members of the, uh, the assembled members of the hashtag crew around us to weigh in on all of this. We have Happy Hembo, we have Delirious Bubba, and we have Disgusted Nuno. I'll save Nuno for last. I'll save the best for last. Let's leave the person who was the least emotionally invested in last night. Let him have the first crack at this. What was your takeaway, primary takeaway from Cowboys-Giants last night? Hembo. I want to put some numbers to the point that you just made. On offense, here's what we know about the Cowboys, right? They have the best run-blocking unit in the NFL along their offensive line. In week one, they played under center 25% of the time with Dak Prescott as their quarterback. In the last two games in which they both won, they played under center 55% of the time with Cooper Rush as their quarterback. And on defense, they lead the NFL in sacks, they lead the NFL in pressures, and have a plus 10 sack differential over their last two games. That's what we know they're great at, and that's with a backup quarterback. There is no better illustration or reflection of good team building than winning games with your backup quarterback. Look, the Cowboys are better than I thought they were, and I'm with you. That team's going to make the playoffs. They're a well-built team, which Mm. is far more than can be said for the team they beat last night. Bubba, you're a Cowboy fan. You're wearing your Micah Parsons jersey today. Your team is 2-1 since losing your starting quarterback. How are we feeling? Yeah, no, I think a lot of it, like you said, is I, I, in the beginning, definitely kind of gave up on the season because I think a lot of it was not only Dak Hurt, but how terrible they looked in game one. And to your point, it's, it's how they've adjusted in the other game. So I agree. If they can stick with this new game plan, even when Dak comes back, that is the way they go because they looked horrific in game one. And that's why I was just so distraught after game one, not only without Dak, but just how bad they looked. But they've looked so much better now going forward. And and like you just mentioned, I, I personally def, I definitely don't want to see Dak next week, not even close, and mm. would not be opposed to him sitting another week. There's no reason to rush him back right now. Let's take our time. And, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love the, the run balance again. You know, even though Parsons didn't have a sack, just the constant pressures on Jones was amazing. And then the thing that, you know, struck me is I'm, I'm hoping we'll look back at this game, 14-42 in the fourth. That's where we're going to look back and say that's when CeeDee Lamb became a number one receiver because mm. he struggled for the whole first half, some awful drops, and even through the first couple games, you know, there's been a lot of questions. Is, is he the number one? Can he carry the team? But that drive, he had four great catches. He carried the team down the whole field and then in the one-handed catch to get the touchdown, bring it in. So I'm thinking 14-42 left in the fourth. That's when he became the number one receiver on the Cowboys. I like it. That's when he earned the 88 on his chest and on his back. So uh, those are the happy members of our hashtag crew today. <laughs> oh, God. And then we turn to Nuno. Our, our beloved producer, he's a lifelong Giant fan, um, and he is by nature negative on a good day. Like, like he is the kind of person who finds the dark cloud in every silver lining. I can only imagine what's about to happen as I say, how do you feel this morning, Nuno? Well, Greeny, um, we know lists is your thing on this show, but mm. I have a quick observation list. So, Bubba, number five. Number five. Thank God the Giants don't have another primetime game this year. I just can't do that. I can't be up till like midnight watching that horrendous performance and then trying to get some sleep to, to come into work. Thank God that's over. Uh, Bubba? Number four. Aaron Judge will never hit another home run. But I think at this point in time, Aaron Judge will never do it. Bubba? Number three. This team is just completely devoid of talent. They have no playmakers except Saquon. Yes, 
Kadarius Tony, <laughs> who it seems like they want to get rid of anyway, and uh, Robinson, he's hurt. But like they, they have no talent whatsoever. Kenny Galladay is just stealing money. <laughs> I mean, stealing money. It's ridiculous. Bubba, number two? Devoid of talent. Yes. Number two. Uh, while unfair because of the lack of weapons, it seems clear that Daniel Jones isn't the answer. Like, And a lot of it has to do with the fact that he has no one to throw to, um, but it just seems like that answer, they already have the answer. Bubba? Number one. And I'm just – I'm actually a positive here, Greeny. I'm actually confident in this coaching staff. The team is coached well. They compete. They just don't have any talent. So at least I'll end it on a positive note. Okay. Uh, that's really well done. And I, I appreciate the effort and the time and the energy that went into that. Um, so that's a good green list by Nuno today of complaints if you're a Giant fan. And I'm just going to say this about Daniel Jones. Because I agree with what you just said. I believe the die has been cast. The Giants' long-term answer at quarterback is not going to be Daniel Jones. And here's what I will say. When Daniel Jones was drafted... And, and, and it shocked everyone or many when Dave Gettleman took him at number six overall. There were a lot of people who questioned it. And there was one collection of people who had the opportunity to make it the right pick. And they failed far more than Daniel Jones failed. And that is the collective leadership of the New York football giants. I've used the term organizational success story a lot lately. The way they've developed Josh Allen in Buffalo is an organizational success story. What we are seeing in front of our eyes with Jalen Hurts is an organizational success story in Philadelphia. They took quarterbacks who had a skill set and clearly needed development, and they brought them along at exactly the right pace in exactly the right ways, surrounded them with the right people, didn't ask them to do the things they weren't good at, played into the things that they were, and slowly but surely, what they find themselves with now is quarterbacks who are going to make those teams good for the next 15 years. And look what the Giants have done around Daniel Jones. I cannot for one moment sit here and tell you Daniel Jones was born to be, was destined to be an all-time great quarterback. But what I can tell you is that no one could have succeeded under the circumstances he has been placed in. When you build a team as badly as they have built that team, when you allow your general manager to start putting band-aids on broken legs uh, roster-wise the way he has, rather than building it with, from a, a foundation that actually made sense, but instead going out there in flailing last-ditch efforts to save face and save his job and spend incredible amounts of money on fancy rims on a car that doesn't have an engine, then you deserve what happens. When you hire Joe Judge to be your coach and decide he is going to change the culture of our franchise. You deserve what happens. Daniel Jones has played four seasons and three games. I have no idea if he should have been a really great player. But there's no doubt in my mind he had a chance to be good. He has a skill set. He has a skill set. He's athletic. He can move. He can throw. He's smart. He could have been a decent player. He might have wound up being a good player. If you had given Brian Dayball that guy when he first started, we'd be having an entirely different conversation about Daniel Jones. So the one thing I'll say for John Mara, who is for those around the country, the longtime owner of them, I mean, a lifelong owner of the New York Giants, is that at least he admitted it when he said last year, we've done everything possible to screw that kid up. And that's what they've done. 
So to be honest with you, as I'm watching him run for his life last night, and then anticipating all the Giant fans I'm going to hear from today as I walk the streets of New York yelling at me, got to get rid of Daniel Jones, he stinks. Daniel Jones is awful. That's not his fault. That kid never had a chance. It's the Giants' fault. That is an organizational failure. That's what I think is the situation with Daniel Jones. Now, having said that, is he coming back? No. You're not bringing him back. You're not hitching your cart, your wagon to that horse. You're going to find a way to go out and get yourself a young quarterback and let Brian Dayball develop him because all that has been beaten out of this kid. And he is going to go where Mitch Trubisky is and all these other guys are. Daniel Jones, his lot in life now is he's going to be a backup in a bunch of different places waiting to get another shot. And maybe a miracle will happen. And there'll be an injury and he'll wind up getting a chance to start in a place that everything kind of clicks and works. And he'll wind up having a really good NFL career. I I root for him in that regard because I've never met the kid in my entire life. But I know for sure he had no chance. And that really, more young quarterbacks are ruined than developed in pro football, and that is what has happened. The Giants have ruined Daniel Jones. That's my opinion. Hambo, your thoughts? I don't disagree with a word that you said, but it can also be true that Daniel Jones just stinks. Both can be true. We just saw... When you watch him, does he stink? He stinks. He stinks? He stinks. 53 touchdowns. 52 turnovers in his career. We have seen Justin Herbert throw more touchdowns through two seasons than any quarterback ever behind a terrible line and across a terrible defense. We saw Joe Burrow go from the first pick to the Super Bowl behind the league's 31st-ranked offensive line last year. Daniel Jones was the sixth pick in the draft. When you're drafted that high, it is your obligation and your responsibility to elevate the team around you. The team around him stinks, but even so, if he was the guy... He would have shown more than he has shown so far. Nuno, is it Daniel Jones or is it the team around him? And, and by the team, I don't just mean the players. In fact, no, I no, mostly no, yeah, don't it, mean the players. Listen, I think any Giant fan will say the fact that that, that John Mara allowed Dave Gettleman to keep compounding his mistakes and allowed him to walk out of that organization instead of throwing him on his keister um, is what frustrates most Giant fans. It's. I think it's a combination. It's an overreach, but I think they have done no. They've done this kid no favors. Uh, so you don't know how he's good because Hembo's talking about, you know, a good quarterback elevates guys. Has Jalen Hurts elevated the Eagles, or they've elevated him? That's I think the biggest thing is that, and the Giants have never done that for him. Joe Burrow. They went out and drafted his college teammate and best friend Jamar Chase. Justin Herbert did inherit a team with a bad offensive line, but they've got unbelievable weapons in. LA. This team signed Kenny Galladay, who doesn't play and complains about it. And when he gets on the field, he can't catch and he's always hurt. And everyone knew that. They drafted a running back, number two. They drafted a running back with the second pick in the draft. They will be the last team ever to do that. Jim Brown could be available (laughs) in the draft this year, and he wouldn't go number two. Because in the NFL today, it makes no sense. And yet they did it. Everything they've done has made no sense. And so, again, I I don't blame... I'm not suggesting Daniel Jones should have been Joe Montana. But he didn't have to be what he has become. That's what I think. All right, we still have a green light coming up. Uh, And I will also say this. Every year, one team has its season destroyed by injury. Yesterday, we found out who that team is this year. I'll tell you which one next. We're just getting rolling. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast.
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. Starting Stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone with AutoZone very quickly before I tell you about the one team that has definitively had its season ruined by injury. I wanted to mention, because we did this only in our second hour yesterday, that we announced delightfully that we have a book coming out. And by we, I mean me with Hembo uh, doing all the research and doing an outstanding job of working on it with me. It'll be available in the spring, and it is called Got Your Number. You can get all the details and information on it. It is my first true sports book. I haven't been this excited about anything in a long time. Again, Hembo and I, we're going to be needing your help over the course of the next few weeks as we finish putting it together. But we basically assign every number from 1 to 100 to someone or some people, or in one case, perhaps a horse, in sports history and decide who owns each of these numbers. I have, will be writing a series of 100 essays in this book, and it'll be available, is available now for pre-order anywhere you get your books. I have a link to more information at the top of my Twitter page at ESPN Greeny. So we are thrilled. Got a lot of nice reaction to that yesterday. So thank you very much for that. We didn't mention it till our second hour, so I just wanted to mention it for those of you who are here. Uh, in the meantime, the scoop. Every year, Hambo, one team in the NFL has its season destroyed by injury. This year, that team is the Los Angeles Chargers. They're off to a one and two start, already colossally disappointing and inexcusably leaving their banged up quarterback on the field yesterday and a thir- or Sunday in a 38 to 10 loss to Jacksonville. I talked about that yesterday, but then came news that they are now going to be without Rashawn Slater on their offensive line and Joey Bosa on their defensive line. Slater is out for the year. He's a kid I know everything about because he went to Northwestern. He is as good a left tackle as there is in the sport. He actually could have been the offensive rookie of the year in the NFL um, two seasons ago or and, and, and is just that kind of great. And he is now lost for the year with a torn biceps. Joey Bosa, meanwhile, you don't need me to tell you who he is. He's out indefinitely because of a groin injury. So they're going to be missing those guys. It looks to me like this is a team, especially in that division, that will not have any chance to compete. There'll be questions about the coach's future and more. I still love the quarterback, but I think that team is going to finish under 500 this year as a result of injury, and that's a team people were giving Super Bowl consideration to before the season. What do you think? Yeah, that's a shame. Uh, I was one of those people that really thought the Chargers might have a shot at the Super Bowl, but in order for them to even make the playoffs this season, they're going to have to get MVP caliber quarterback play from Justin Herbert, who's playing with broken ribs no matter what the score is. Now, obviously, you were ahead of the curve in terms of Brandon Staley, their head coach. He was actually the preseason favorite to win coach of the year. Oh, my God. Believe it or not. Uh, I'd imagine you didn't make that bet. But I think this team has almost no chance based upon what we've seen through three weeks. I mean, last year he coached them out of the playoffs. That was absolutely a playoff team that he coached them out of. And this year, I mean, it is it is like coaching malpractice 
to leave a quarterback, what he actually has is fractured rib cartilage, which is excruciatingly painful and obviously puts him in a, a, a dangerous position. And you know he's playing shot up and everything else like that out there. And, of course, he wants to stay in the game. It's the coach's job to take his helmet away when the game has been decided. Don't leave him out there because he wants to stay with his teammates. And by the way, and I'll get one more in here, and then we'll do the green light off the top of the next hour because there's a bunch of stuff there, and I don't have the time to do it justice right now. Another team that I think is done is New England because they can say whatever they want, but the people who know are all saying Mac Jones has a bad high ankle sprain that in most cases would require surgery. So they're trying to make it sound, he keeps using the word day by day, day to day, when he talks about the injury. And people inside that organization are telling reporters who call them, oh no, we haven't ruled him out for this week. That's, I, th- I think that's really good buttoned upness by the most buttoned up coach ever in Bill Belichick saying, don't let anybody know the truth. The truth is Mac Jones is hurt, badly hurt. You could see it when it happened. And I think they were already on the outside of the playoffs looking in. Now I think they're done. Brian Hoyer is going to be their quarterback for, I think it's going to be three, four weeks before Mac Jones is going to be back. I think that's another team that in the AFC is on the outside looking in. Yeah, we have an efficiency metric here at ESPN in which we grade every team's units, 0 to 100. And the Patriots rank 26 on offense, 21st in defense, 21st in special teams, and 26th overall. In other words, they're not good at anything, and their quarterback's going to miss a few games. I think you're exactly right. They're not going to be close to the playoffs. Yeah, that that Pittsburgh game in Week 2, I think, changed a lot of perspective. And now the Dolphins continue to look good, so that loss looks a little different. I I would not have put it past Bill to get that stuff, or at least some of it, figured out, but not without the quarterback. Uh, without the quarterback. So I think the Chargers and the Patriots this past weekend fell and they will not get back up. We continue in just a moment. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.